0: This is the Ed Show.
1: All right, welcome back to Max Out, everybody. This is going to be interesting today. This is a different show. First, it's cool because I get to interview a couple. You guys know that, you know, I've done that from time to time. It seems like when we do it, it's people that are in the acting space for the most part. Um, but this is a really interesting conversation because I've been, Eliza's been Eric's manager for 30 years. i have been married 27 years, somewhere around there. It's a long-term relationship. But in Eric's case, he doesn't know this. I'm a big fan. I, I think Eric Roberts is one of the great American actors of the last three, really four decades, 40-year-long career. Um, he's one of these people, guys, that he jumps off the screen. There's something about his look, his energy, the way he communicates, no matter if it's a comedic role or a dramatic role, he, you watch him. And um, I've been a fan of his, you know, you guys, and not just me. Over 500 credits. You're talking about one of the most appeared actors between TV and film of all time. Three time Golden Globe Award nominee, Academy Award nominee. And of all the roles, you've been amazing, Eric. But Star 80 was just this unbelievable role that he played and character he played in that movie is when I first discovered him. So, long intro. Amazing conversation today. We're going to go all over the place. I have Eric and Eliza Roberts with me today. Welcome, you guys.
0: That was so kind of you. Thank you so much. Just real quick, Star 80 was the hardest thing I've ever done, but I just sat in Bob lap and let him <laughs> operate me like a puppet. Why and was he, it hard? Why was it so difficult? He was fantastic. and he, He's all the things that you wanted a... Uh, a, a director to be, you know, where where you know they say I want this, 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 and this, and nothing else. Go, you, and you and you deliver for them, and they say you did it all but this, and he this and this. Okay, and you deliver again, and they say we did it, and you have a collaboration that's magic. But it was because he was a genius. He was a genius. Why was it so difficult, Eric? What was difficult about that role? Oh, I'm so not a Paul Snyder guy that that when yeah. you read it on the page it comes across like a bad joke you're like i damn it real because it's so embarrassing yeah. and then and then you realize that the person that you have to play really believes his behavior <laughs> so you have to start to believe his behavior yeah. so while your friends desert you and your and your and your girlfriend feels sorry for you and yeah. uh and you and you become Bob Foss's puppet and, uh, and honestly he uh once you're around somebody who's a genius Mm. you will you realize a couple of things that you're not one and that they're a breed unto themselves and we overuse that word like love genius he's a genius oh I love her so much but we don't mean it when you work with a genius you know it Mm. they control you through that gift they have that you can't believe you don't and you won't ever because you're not a genius but they are And so when they say, come here, you say, okay, how fast?
1: Have you had a genius manager (laughs) in your (laughs) life? I'm just curious. Like you've, you know, a lot of people that have worked with you that I know, by the way, uh, would put you right into that category, brother, in many ways because of the diversity of your ability to play different characters. This guy's (laughs) played every type of character. This is true. But you've lasted a long time. Eliza, what part of that longevity have you played in Eric's career?
2: I think the fact that um, I've been on all sides really, really helped because um, your typical agent or manager makes decisions from a criteria that's really removed from the the beating heart of the actor and the audience. Mm -hmm. And for me, as a casting director, for instance, I made my decisions based completely viscerally. I would put aside all of the, you know, growing up in this business and everything and just think, would I want to never turn off the television if this person was on it? Yeah. And, you know, based on that was everything. So that's what I started to do with Eric. He would get offers and I would hear the passion from the filmmakers or the showrunners or whatever. I would also picture the audience seeing him in this role, as you said, because of the diversity, juxtaposed to what they just saw him in last week. Yeah. And I thought, we gotta, it's supply and demand. We got to give this to them. If there's one little gem, one little part of it, um, working with somebody, again, that you loved last time, a certain location, um, you know, a moment in a script that you've never played before. There's so many things. And there's never been a project that he's done where there, he hasn't come away with something that he wouldn't trade for anything. Is so, it hard to work together? I mean, Is it hard to be I mean, married mean, and work together?
0: Let me tell you a little story. In yeah. 1993, you know, we, we'd, we'd, we'd been together a while, but it was early in our relationship. And she says to me, Eric, if you could do anything every single day, what would it be? And I said I'd be on a movie set. I I I love movies. I love doing. I love being. I love the crew. I love it. I love all of it. Hmm. She goes, well, that's not gonna happen. And then 2003 comes, and she goes, you know, everybody's buying cameras. And by 2008, well, we were getting a dozen offers every single day from around the world because everybody had a camera. Everybody became their own studio everybody was making movies even if they weren't ever seen anywhere they were making them and they're making them for money they're making real movies yeah and they were calling for me from all over the world so she says to me do you want to chase this i said well let's 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 go travel yeah, yeah. so it, like, started out and just kind of fun then it got it got serious and, yeah and and then and then i realized something that I knew when I, when, when I was a youngster, but I left behind and that's every movie, every TV show, every script, every, every part of it is somebody's infant. And they're entrusting that infant to me. They like gonna say, hold my baby. Oh my God. I always wanted to hold my baby. (laughs) And you're saying, and I'm holding it properly. Thank you. And they say, yes, you are my God. And so it's this wonderful thing that happened. And my wife, because you know, being an actor, we're raised selfishly. We think of ourselves because we kind of have to. Because if we don't, it's not going to happen. And uh, so we—that's that's the self-centered world that, that that we're reared in, and we and we and we thrive in. It's just self-centeredness, unfortunately. Mm. Someone learn how to give. But my wife had this whole take on the world of. We can give them you if they want you and you, you can also have what you want, which is be on a movie set every day, your life. and we can really do this. Is and I don't
1: work Eric because I mean, you work all the time, right? Does it not feel like work to you because you love it so much or,
0: or, or... I haven't worked a day of my life, pal. I have the best. I've seen the planet. I have the best job on the planet. And, 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 and that's not, I just do dude, dude. Look at my job. Look what I did. Look where I go. And, 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 And I got a wife who comes from royalty, Hollywood royalty, her, her, uh, her, uh, her father's an Oscar winner. Her mom's a triple Emmy winner, all that. I mean, she comes from royalty and so she gets it all. She gets every single bit of it. And Mm -hmm. so I'm the luckiest guy I know because I don't work for a living and I have a wife who understands me. And when the, when, I got a call from agent's assistant about 15 years ago who said, Eric, they've been turning down stuff without telling you, and I just want you to know. So mm-hmm. I said, i you got a list. She said, yes, I do. I said, well, give it to me. And it was millions of dollars of stuff, but it was all small, but it adds up. It's a lot of money, and it's a lot of stuff that I would want to do, and a lot of small stuff that, that you have to do for, a, for a young filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they wouldn't tell me. So I called them all in because, you know, when you fire an agency, they blacklist you. They say, oh, he's hard to deal with. You don't want him, blah, 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 blah. So I call them all in and I say, guys, I'm going to fire you. But before I do, you can't talk about me badly when I leave here. Because if you do, I'll sue you and I'll win. Because look what you did. Blah, 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 blah. Don't do that. Come on, you guys. Anyway, I'm leaving, but don't talk about me. And they never did. And I got home that day and I said to her, you're the boss. And my wife goes, I can't do this. I said, but you've been doing it, so you're just doing it for real. So, so,
1: So Eric, there's a lot of people that watch my show. That's a cool story. But you see about Eric's energy, everybody? I told you. So I, I'm i curious, though, because I, I, a lot of entrepreneurs watch my show. And I think actors are, to some extent, entrepreneurs. right? You're, you're self-employed. Mm-hmm. And you're also a couple. So a lot of the people that watch my show are couples in business or they're an entrepreneur and entrepreneurs, I think by nature too, are a little bit selfish, you know, because they have to be with their time. They've got to provide, Has it been, is there any rules you two have established because you have to sleep in the same bed together every single night yet there's this business relationship too. Has that been difficult? Do you guys have any like structure to it? Or is it just an art, not a science of how you've, how you've done this together?
0: Well, I'm going to let, I explained the big picture, but the most, the most immediate picture is this. So what my wife re, reparented me with and taught me was this. You need to treat everybody, every single human you encounter, like they're going to be your boss next week. Not only because they might be, but because it's respect they'll always hold and always have for you as well. And so why not? Give a little, get a little, be sweet. And she taught me that. And it sounds oversimplified, but it's a big deal. And when, and when you really learn how to do it, you get such satisfaction out of being a selfish actor because I'm an actor, I'm selfish. and uh, and But she's taught me how to give back. And it's a wonderful feeling and it's a lot of fun. And I thank her every day. Mm. Eliza, what would you say?
2: You know, you you mentioned art and science. Yeah. And, you know, for us, that's those those things are very connected art nature and science it's kind of it um and so there's they're they're kind of in a lot of ways the same thing i mean if you look at reproduction or flowers or whatever which are science and nature the art is the magic is beyond belief and so so there isn't a real separation this is how i love my family um is through work and helping to bring those dreams forward like I say to many of the actors that I coach and especially the ones who are very successful don't forget when you were that person who was just dying to get a role to be a working actor stay connected to that part of your essence so that you can so there's not a there's not a disconnect and so that you can feel that joy every time you get a role because it's very easy to kind of let that slip away. And so in our situation, you know, Eric was really it was a case of relaunching because you have to do that with an artist every few years. Mm-hmm. So it was reinventing him, launching Keaton. Keaton Simons is a recording artist. Love he's it. my son, Eric's beloved stepson. And he's he's got a lot of fans and he's absolutely amazing.
0: An incredible singer songwriter. Oh my god. Now everybody thinks their kid is. Yeah. But- this kid just opened for Eric Clapton. He was he was on the road with the with the Young. I mean, he's the real deal. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, so you know you're you're launching and building that career in this industry, which I've always refused to see as a cesspool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've even had Keaton say to me a few times, you know, Mom, I'm talking to you. Can you focus? You're focusing on your your laptop. And I'll say, but I'm setting up a gig for you or, or arranging a placement. His music is all over movies and TV. Mm-hmm. And he'll say, yeah, I know to you that feels like love, <laughs> you know, because it's a wonderful joy in my life. But actually, I'd like to just talk to my mom. Mm-hmm. See now, Eric almost never says that. is totally right, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric almost never said that. He used to, but actually since quarantine, he's kind of noticed what my part of the, what my cog is in the wheel and what the job is. And I think he's started to register that as nurturing and love and romance, you know, in a completely twisted way.
1: It's service, that's romance, right? And I think the more you, I really believe this, when I do some relationship coaching stuff, I really believe that, you know, if you want to increase the love in your relationship, serve each other more. And the more you serve somebody or something, this is all the way back to scriptures, too, any scriptures, but the more your love for them grows, the more you just decide to serve them. So you've been serving him. Now quarantine's kind of slowed down. He's watching the way you serve him a little bit more closely.
0: Would be my, would be I'm, my. In it. I'm in it. Totally in it. Yeah. Yeah. My wife is my hero. And I can say that after after 30 years of kissing her, because I have that right now without sounding silly, without saying like somebody, oh, she's my
1: hero, blah, 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 I'm so silly, I'm so in love, blah, blah.
0: No, I'm <laughs> just, I'm an old guy who has a hero because she's smarter than me. She's as talented and like then some as me. She's better looking than me. I'm a better cook, but she, <laughs> she, uh, she, she's like, she's my hero. And she taught me how to be a grown up to some degree. I will never be a grown up, but, 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 but <laughs> hey, she, she, uh, she, she rescued me from my ridiculous, silly childish self and into, into something that I really treasure.
1: And it, Eliza is this humility of Eric's, it strikes me. Uh, he seems to seem to pour an awful lot of affection and recognition on other people, especially you, which is beautiful is, is part of his, cause he probably wouldn't, if it, if this humility is, there, he won't answer this, so I'll let you answer it. When I find somebody that works really hard, like Eric works, Eric's a hard worker. Guys, I said it in the introduction, you talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of appearances. So sometimes three movies at the same time, driving to multiple sets in a given day. Yes, I did my research, by the way. <laughs> and, and so one, that means you're really incredible at what you do, that people want to book you, right? But secondly, I think it takes humility to have that kind of work ethic to some extent too. So is that, is that one of Eric's magic combinations or am I way off the mark there?
2: No, you're right on the mark. Actually he's, he, um, Eric has a, a lot of the fears that the rest of us have. He just doesn't have, he's got a lot of courage. You, don't, don't mess. With he's got, a lot, he's got a lot of courage and, um, he you know, he just kind of grabs it and does it. It's not that he doesn't complain sometimes and mm-hmm. you feel overwhelmed, there's no question about that. You know, you just, scientifically, you couldn't not. But he, um, he does have a strong work ethic. It's also great, you know, if you are a person who's wounded and struggles and hates yourself sometimes, just accomplishing a job, checking it off the list, making sure you've delivered what the people require is a great drug. It's yeah. a great way to say, okay, at least in this one area, I can feel good. I wow. did this. Wow. And I think that some of the drive for both of us, you know, we, we discovered each other by accident. I think some of the drive for both of us is really as simple as that. Mm.
1: You also have chemistry. that's one of these little things that, that uh, you know, you get all this relationship advice. I interviewed uh, Gabby Reese, the other day, Laird Hamilton and Gabby. He's a big wave surfer and she's the famous volleyball player. I don't know if you know who they are, but and we were talking about different things in relationships. She goes, Yeah, love's important and honesty's important in communication, but like chemistry is one of these things nobody talks about what you both have. But you start to go down a road, Eliza. I want to go down because I want to help our audience. Mm-hmm. So, guys, this is where our conversation is going to shift, and we're going to get real here for a few minutes. And I because I want you to help people. You said courage. And you also talked about having things where sometimes you hate yourself or don't like yourself or previous wounds in life. And when you say that, the person I think of in my life is my dad, Mm -hmm. both from courage, wounds, healing himself. And and the reason I say courage is my dad's been sober now for many, many, many years, but struggled with addiction. And so did Eric. And I know how that can impact a family. I know that can impact a relationship, And I know the courage it takes to um, face those things. And like in my dad's case, he faced them multiple times before he finally faced it. So I'm curious, Eric, maybe you could go first. But if you would share with everybody sort of your experience, I've read things about you saying, hey, I went in to meet with Oliver Stone, stoned, you know, or I, I went in with such and such a director and there became a point where you decided you know, after a long time that you wanted to do something about that. So what would you tell somebody, Eric, who struggled with long-term addiction, like many, by the way, addiction could be drugs, alcohol, addiction to worry, sex, pornography, whatever it might be. What would you, what help or hope or message would you give to somebody who's struggled with or lives with somebody who's struggled with addiction for a long time?
0: Well, that's a big, big, bad question that you need somebody very intelligent to answer. And you're talking to me, so it's an issue. <laughs> but we <laughs> you know this. That was. Good. I know this. Through many years, I'm I'm a firm believer, a strong believer in therapy. It worked for me to a great degree, thanks to my wife, who said you need to go to therapy. I'm like, I don't go to therapy. She said you need to go to therapy. I don't go to therapy. You need to go to therapy. I finally went to therapy, and. After several years of it, I, I I finally found out why I was going to <coughs> meetings on drugs. <laughs> well, how was I doing that? Because I was projecting. I thought they were hip people who I did. I, I did it to, to Woody Allen. shut up high as a cake. And he got mad. He got pissed off. He was like, he's like, he he like read it right away. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> Think it's cool think it's kind of cute no, it wasn't cute but i learned i learned through through therapy and it's one of the reasons i'm a strong believer in it is i i would get the highest around who i respected the most who i thought could identify with me the most mm-hmm. because i thought they're going to give me a signal and or rescue me we all want to be rescued even those of us who are in the front on the fastest horse with the biggest sword. We all want to be rescued, even though we're up front looking like we're the mother heifers of all time. We need to be rescued, and uh, and uh, I was looking to be rescued, and uh, that's what I would do. And in fact, it was a wonderful job raising Arizona. Great movie. Yeah, uh, it came down to me and Nick Cage, and I went in for the final reading, high as a kite. Obviously I didn't get the part. And, uh, and so it's just, and why did I do it? The Cullen brothers were the coolest guys I'd ever encountered until that time. And I knew it. Mm -hmm. And I was exposing myself, a ridiculous part of myself. They had no interest in, and I had no interest in really exposing But for some reason that was my most vulnerable. Look at this. And so I did that Mm -hmm. foolish as it is. I did that. But I learned why through therapy. I learned about myself and my misgivings and my frailties through therapy, which is why I'm going to tell anybody if you have, and also talk to your therapist. Say, I can't afford you. I can afford this. They maybe, probably, possibly will work with you. So there's always a way. And I believe in therapy. I think therapy and my wife sending me to therapy saved my life. Yeah. And they let me find out who I am sort of, and that why my behavior was so bad for so long, so consistently pointless. Mm-hmm. And yet I was, and yet I was sitting on a gold mine of talent and experience. Yeah. So why would I jeopardize that? Well, I found out through therapy. So. And, uh, and, and also and also long-term marriages. When you have somebody you trust, who you give your trust to. It's the most incredible thing there is, buddy. When you have honesty, she hates this because it's so asinine. When you have honesty (laughs) and you have sex, you got pretty much what you need. Brother, totally agree. I said back to Gabby
1: yesterday. Bro, we share a brain on that. I said back to Gabby, she said, hey, chemistry is important. I said, here's the other thing nobody talks about in relationships. You got to have sex.
0: Yes. Otherwise, otherwise,
1: living with your buddy long term, you gotta have you gotta have physical intimacy, and that's something that people don't talk about. It's like the basic things: honesty, communication. Yeah, I got it. I also have that with like the dudes I golf with. Right. right? (laughs) There's gotta be there's gotta be more than that. Eric, you said something really interesting. I just want to kind of just take note of there, and then I'll ask Eliza about it too. But because this is for all of you that have friends that have addiction, it might not be you, or it may be, it could be you, but that idea that you would show up that way wanting to be rescued almost like that. That's a really fascinating perspective that I've never heard before that you would literally, you think you were showing up that way, sort of hoping for someone to rescue you. Is that what you're saying?
0: It was unconscious. It was an unconscious decision. It was in a thought process that I will do this to get this. It was just a behavior that came out of a need. And, uh, I only discovered what that need was. And I had that need that prompted that behavior through therapy. Oh. I discovered it and it was through, it was through a couple of therapists. So I, 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 I got on an avenue that I made them lead me down properly. So I didn't distort myself. And Eliza, uh, okay.
1: Eliza I'm curious from you. Yeah. Uh, there are people listening to this right now who's living with somebody like my mom did for all those years. Yeah. With someone who's struggling with some type of an addiction. But so We're going to go deep just a little bit because I always want, I want there to be the entertaining part of my show, but then I want people to go, that really helped me. That that Roberts couple, I didn't know it. I thought I was going to learn about this incredible actor, this incredible couple. They really changed my life. So yeah. if this is a chance for you, you know, with several million people listening to this who admire you as a couple, you know, what advice would you give to somebody who might be living with someone who's a, obviously a beautiful soul, like my dad, like Eric, but has this disease or this addiction um, that's that they're struggling with. What would your advice be to them?
2: I think first, uh, if I could just speak really quickly to what you were just talking about, the thing of being rescued, because um, it also ties into being an actor or an artist. I think all of us, um, and it manifests in artists by what they choose to do, um, we want to be loved for our whole self. We have this dread fear that if somebody really knew us, and ask any a- addict, and they'll talk to you about that. Any AA meeting, any Al-Anon meeting, if somebody really knew us, they'd leave. So, we, I mean, like, starting as, a, as an infant, I mean, think about it. It's a person who changes your diapers. I mean, you want that full embrace to feel that you're fully and wholly accepted. And that's why an actor... You choose material, that turns you inside out. You win Oscars for crying and falling apart and and for killing somebody. I mean, you know, so it's it's that thing of being, of wanting to be rescued, that's very real. It's more wanting to be seen and loved and invited in for all your filth and all the bad stuff. I always say to my actors when I'm coaching, stop being so polite. This is your chance. It's a big mess. Do a big, you know, make a big mess with this scene. Even if it's comedy, doesn't matter what it is. Um, now, addiction is interesting. I have never had a sip of alcohol, uh, a cup of pot, a cigarette whoa. in my entire life, and I've never been with anybody who isn't an addict.
0: Whoa! 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 But she she comes from addicts. Her, yeah. Her her parents were both brilliant, but especially her mother was was a bit of a drinker and um.
2: And, um Okay. I mean, she was a, yeah, she was a, she she's a benzo addict, basically, benzodiazepines, you know, prescription drugs. Yeah. Um, my dad was much more, my biological dad was much more like me. He also didn't drink, but was always with famous alcoholics, you know. Um And, um, <laughs> and, but I think that part of that is, you know, there's the rescuer and the rescuee. Um, but, you know, you come to you come to lose compassion for that person. So if there are people out there who are living with an addict, um, you know, you get to a point where you're kind of, kind of like, you want to say to them, just kill yourself already. (laughs) The slow thing of watching this is, and you don't see that beautiful soul every single minute of every day. Uh Ask your mom, right? And it's in there and it's buried, but you're doing all the work. Um, I do a bunch of YouTubes. They don't get the kind of views that yours do. Um, A series called I Hate Pot." (laughs) <laughs> and I just go off on marijuana, which is a very insidious drug, that really does have a, a strong effect on people if they're major users, it's not a desired effect. And I, I drag Eric into it and make him say all this stuff that he probably doesn't really feel. And, um, <laughs> and um, you know, my Al-Anon friends, the cheapest therapy going and the best is 12-step, of course.
0: Really, truly, Um, You know,
2: you put a dollar, maybe these days it's two or three dollars, into the into the hat you can and get $5 a bit to watch. really five is it yeah. up to five dollars? Okay, well five dollars it's a lot cheaper than a shrink. Um, but um, you know my the father of my children, who's who is to this day my best friend. Um, he just got sober. He's in his early sixties, and he just and he, the only thing he ever he was like a couple of tokes of pot per day. And he's a really hard worker. He's a producer in our business. And he decided to get sober off pot. I mean, talk about courage. I just, I'm blown away by that. Norman Lear's um, former wife, Frances, wrote a book about getting, getting sober at age 65. Um, it's never too late, but you're right, people go back and forth. Um, you know, Keaton had many, many years sober and then, you know, worshiped at the shrine of marijuana and then back off and back on. Um, there's a lot of worry involved. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of it's like you're watching somebody tumbling into making a definite mistake mm-hmm. all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And um there's a lot on Eric's website that we've both written, just little pieces about that. Okay. Um it's uh it's and like who's not an addict? I'm a workaholic. I'm addicted to addicts, I'm addicted to a million things. <laughs> yeah. Um so you know, it's too bad that we kind of portion it off there. Yes. Um it's but just I- part of reality, but you're doing good things bringing up the subject. And
1: your thing. Thank you. Well, thank you. I, I want to unpack a few things there. Um, several. So w- one of the things with my dad, you said something about meetings. I just want to say to the audience that pre-COVID, my dad's in chemo also, so he can't go now. But for my dad, uh, the key was a 12-step program. And my dad's been sober 30 plus years. Uh-huh. And still, my dad still goes to and dad, if I'm wrong here, sorry, because he listens to the show with my mom, but I believe my dad still goes to three to five meetings a week.
2: Wow.
0: Oh,
1: fantastic. See,
2: that's, me, that's heroic to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 30 some odd years later, right? So that stuff works. But Eric, I read something about you because I'm watching you. It's interesting. I didn't know you before today, and now we're going to know each other really well. But <laughs> I, I, uh, you see now this joy about you, this energy about you, but when I read about you, I read that you said, you're saying something about your sister, Eric's sister's Julia Roberts, but you're saying that they were estranged for a while. Now you're close again. And you said, like many people, the quote that I had written, you said many people, I think she just didn't want to be around me because I couldn't even enjoy enjoyable things. This is a quote that you had. So is this version of the you that I'm seeing sort of a post addicted version of you? Is that is that a part of your personality that's been unlocked and one of the gifts of Dropping some of those addictions, or
0: or not? I wouldn't even confine it to that kind of definition. It's more, it's more the fact that um, it's a glass half full, half empty thing that I learned, and that is that when um, I get tons, hundreds a week of small job offers, you know, a day here, a day there, all over the world, hundreds a week, and sometimes they're 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 like a budget of. $10,000, sometimes they're, they're, they're a bunch of a million, whatever they are, but they're small, but tons. And uh, uh, to sift through them, to find uh, uh, the ones where I can not only be an advantage for them, but also make myself happy with the experience is a lot of work. And uh, as the artist, I would get a little resentful about it. Don't ask me why. I just would. It would be like, you know, I have to work hard to make them happy they hired me because I'm only there for five minutes, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and my wife taught me the joy in giving that part of myself. You know, when there's not a great role that I'm setting for in this and this, I have that time. Go do five one-day things for people that are 8,000 miles apart from each other. Go do go, <laughs> go Go be tired. It's gonna happen. And yeah, and, and yeah, and Rihanna playing with your mask and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and I learned to love it. Oh, I learned yeah. to love it because of my hero, because she taught me the joy in it. And I find joy in it. I, I, I just got back from, from New York. This incredible script where I play a man and his conscience. So I play two roles at the same time. I have scenes together, tons of dialogue, tons of talking, tons of wisdom. And, uh, very difficult. And I had one day in between another project that I ended in a night shoot. So I traveled that day, had that night, got up the next morning with with dialogue. I mean, tons of dialogue, two way dialogue with with myself. Mm. The director was a total prick, a total (laughs) Italian monster. So much so that the first time I ended up in the makeup chair, the makeup girl, I had met him, he was fine, he was charming, he was sweet, we got along great. I didn't know anything. I said the makeup girl, be careful. The director's a madman <laughs> tells you the whole nine yards. I've heard it before. It's always half true, but who gives a shit? I got work to do. So I kind of, but then I get pushed by the sound man. But everybody comes to me and be careful because he's gonna and it's gonna hurt your feelings, it's gonna happen, just know that blah, blah, blah. I'm like, God, it's so weird. And then suddenly he does. He starts screaming at extras, hurting extras feelings. I thought I had to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Don't yell at her. Let your AD yell at her. Yell at me. And everybody laughed. And we, but it was miserable. But, the, but he was such a good writer, it was such a good piece, that I made it work. And uh, he's going to be stuck with a great performance to have to edit. So that's going to be our relationship. Awesome, that's <laughs> and, awesome. And I'm I'm very I'm very proud of my work in this piece. I worked harder than I worked maybe since a movie called It's My Party. That was the last job I had. That oh my god, this is bigger than me. That was really hard to take on, but uh, but but I did it, and I'm proud of it. But but some, what what was the question? No, no, perfect. You can answer
1: it. I, I, what I want everyone to unpack out of that was. The Max Out Achiever part of Eric, most people that I interview, particularly that are in the arts that are successful, some of the comedians, Sebastian Maniscalco, if you know who he is, if you ever haven't seen his I stuff, did. or Nikki Glaser's a comedian I recently interviewed, and she's, she's brilliant. I think some of the people in the arts unconsciously are very competent, what I call Max Out Achievers, meaning because they love what they do, they do things, that, they do things greatly they're even unaware of. And so what you're hearing here is Eric's not 30 years old, you guys. So when you're hearing about the work ethic that this man has between going from a role with dual characters that he's playing to the next night into a completely other role, these are little secrets of what's made this man one of the all-time leading working actors in the history of Hollywood ever, by the way. And it's one of the things that's made it. That's one of the things I want you to unpack. One of the other things you did, Eric, is that I'm a big believer that when you have one of these addictive personalities – uh, it's why you've won. By the way, I think you're like a functional addict, I would say. So was my dad, right? Like, I think a lot of people listen to this thing I'm not an alcoholic or drug addict because I have a job or I am productive. That doesn't mean you don't have an alcohol or drug problem. No, we right. know. Right, right. But I, some people in the audience don't. You know, you, you need to know that there are lots of alcoholics because of the way they used to be depicted as totally dysfunctional. There's a lot of very functioning drug addicts and alcoholics. And just because you're functioning doesn't mean you don't need help. There are more functional alcoholics than non-functional alcoholics. Yeah. Bingo. Yep. And I'm so glad you said that because you obviously know a thousand times more than I do. But the other thing I think is when you have these personalities pointed in the right direction, you're going to achieve. That's why there are a lot of maxed out achievers who are also addicts somewhere else because it's
0: part of that makeup. Wouldn't you agree? Good for you. Yes. If you're going to have that in a part of your personality, you're going to have another part of your personality. It's 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 not going to edit itself.
1: Yeah. And one thing you did, I'm a big advocate of. So I want you to talk about this for a second. I think you need to know you're one of those humans. I'm one. And I think one of the things you do is, I don't think obsessions are bad, as long as they're healthy. So if you could take an unhealthy obsession and replace it with a healthy one. And I'm just, you know, Eric, this is one thing you're known for. Before I interviewed you, people told me this about you. Like, You're kind of a workout dude, right? Like was that always the case or did you sort of replace an addiction that wasn't healthy with a healthy fitness addiction?
2: You want me to answer when you're looking at
0: me? No, it's just, it's just, it's so incredibly important and so incredibly personal. And as soon as you start talking about it, it sounds kind of like you're holding a flashcard. You know, it's like, look what I accomplished. and. uh, what happened with me was my body replaced my cocaine addiction uh, when I first uh, uh, I had I had a guy running my career that uh, every weekend we go to his country house for I rented half the house and uh, uh, on the way up we do an eighth of cocaine on the way there and then stay up all night as we got there and sleep the next day and then carry on okay. Uh, and, and and that and I was 19 years old, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, blah, blah blah blah. And then and then came a movie that was a lame production company, but it was a great film and it was written by a man that I bonded with, kind of inadvertently, didn't mean to, it just happened. It was, it was called Runaway Train, where I played an ex-con, I played I played an escape convict with John Boy, and. Um, uh, that seeing the people through Eddie and through Eddie's eyes, but through Eddie's relationships, I saw, I saw a mirror of myself that I did not like. It was of an addict, it was of a user, it was of a loser. And so I replaced that with my with 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 my physical with, with, with my physical work on my physical self.
1: Mm. And, and what's, that, what's that look like, Eric? Now, how old are you, Eric? Tell everybody, if you don't mind.
0: Well, I, I, uh, I, I liked everything up until very recently, and I've, and I've gotten older, but that's not the issue. That's just, that's just a little cornerstone of the issue. Actually, I did a show for Bear grills, and I was on this freaking island for 30 days with nine other people. They were all English. I was the only American, and uh, we only ate or drank what we found. Well, we caught fish twice and I boiled water every day. So we, uh, but it, it, I lost 34, 5, 6, 7, 8 pounds, a lot of weight, over 30 what? pounds. Yeah, I lost over 30 pounds. Oh. And uh, I have since only put half of it back on, but I put it back on properly. Now, my wife says, There is no way to gain the weight back without having all the issues I had before because that's what you are, all those issues. That's what your body does to food and diet, what have you. So don't think you can start over, but I'm thinking I can. I am defying her wisdom, and I'm trying to make this work. I've only gained half the weight back, so I look ultra too thin, but I'm gaining it back by not eating danishes or ice cream. I, and, 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 and also, my wife is trying to turn me vegan. Now, in theory, vegan is the only way to go. Why would we eat an animal, especially a mammal? What's wrong with us? It's weird. But I was raised on chicken and fish. <laughs> so, so it's an issue for me. But I am altering. And I see that the world is altering. Even Burger King offers an impossible burger. You know, everybody's offering stuff that's not animal. Eliza, did Eric answer me how old he is? Did he tell me how old he is? Who?
2: You. You me. didn't ask him. He says his age.
1: How old are you, From Eric? 77. <laughs>
2: no, he says his real age. See, so your real age. I'm going to.
1: 75. He's 75. 65. And pre COVID, you were working out a couple
0: times a day, weren't you? I'm 64 years old, pal. Okay. Yeah. 64 years old. And pre COVID, you were working out twice a day. I'm still working out every day. It's just on my floor in my bedroom.
1: Unbelievable. So let's talk about vulnerability for a second. This is awesome, by the way, awesome, because we're helping people with this stuff. So I asked you, but you didn't hear me in the Zoom connection is what it was. So um, so vulnerability is a big thing. I'm even getting it out of the two of you in this interview. So Eric had already quit. I think he quit his cocaine addiction. And Eliza, were you involved in this decision? Were you the one who decided to have Eric go do Celebrity Rehab, the TV show? Uh,
0: well, I want to tell that story from my point of view. Don't have i come home one day i leave the gym i get in my car i roll a joint i'm driving home i get home i walk in the house and my wife says we we just got a call if you have any drug issues i said sort of and she (laughs) said (laughs) rehab and they want to know if you want to do the show and i said but all I do is smoke dope. She goes, I think that's okay with him. I think any kind of drug is okay as long as you do it every day. I said, okay, I'll start doing it every day until I go on the show, okay? And it was, it was kind of a joke. But then I get there and I realize pot is as part of my day, was as part of my day as a meal is. I mean, it, it, it's a part of my day that I will do sometime during the day. It, it's not going to not happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, then when I, and, then, and then when I got off pot and I realized why I smoke pot, but it's only getting off it that I honestly learned why I smoked it to start with. It kills anxiety, and I have a terrible anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. I was raised by people who are, who are tough, and I have anxiety issues over it whatever the reasons I have anxiety, terrible anxiety. Why would you be an actor then? I don't know. But, but, uh, but, you know, uh, but, but pot kills it and it doesn't make me an idiot unless I smoke too much. And so you smoke just enough to kill the anxiety. And then you want to say to people,
2: come on in.
1: Mm. Yeah. So Eliza, what's your version of that story? I want to hear your part of it.
2: Okay, Celebrity Rehab, um, <laughs> actually, I was asked, they put out a breakdown. They, they did it every season, just looking for um, looking for celebrities to do the show.
0: Yeah.
2: And I was asked to recommend people.
1: No, okay. Um,
2: by, by uh, actually by Eric's agent. And I thought, what about Eric? I, don't, I haven't seen the show, but I imagine they have not focused that much on marijuana. Probably just on the more immediate life threatening drugs. And I knew that his agents would freak out. They did. Um, but and the same
0: agents who all freaked out when I was offered Dancing with the Stars, who said, Don't do it. I was the first person they offered that show to. And they said, Don't you dare. She said, You got to do it. Good advice,
2: yeah, but, but so well you would have. I mean, he was he was doing a movie in China at the time. China movie had a very unstable schedule and kept him from doing dancing for no reason. They weren't even using him. But anyway, um, and the reason that I thought dancing is because we'd seen Mad Hot Ballroom and it was just so magical. I just knew that this ballroom dancing thing was going to catch on. And of course, the agents thought that that was you know a huge sellout. Anyway, so celebrity rehab. Um, so I asked, um, my agent friend to pitch Eric and they pretty much jumped at first. They were like, well, he's off most everything. And we were like, yeah, and he's older. He already was older. Those few years ago, um, you know, they, they were looking at, at 22 year olds who were very, very famous and shooting smack or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, I talked to them. They, you know, I set up a conference. And I said, you know, you have this insidious drug that people start using for anxiety, which ends up creating more anxiety, because what happens is you're anxious, you're antisocial, you use pot, it takes off the edge. It also makes you feel like, oh, fuck it, I don't have to do anything. Then the anxiety about everything you didn't do starts to build and it becomes this vicious circle. It also becomes such a horrible dependency But then what you end up with is a person with such a short fuse who cannot regulate in any way, shape, or form. It also, there is also such things cannabis induced dementia. So, you know, this has a long shelf life. You know, with cocaine or something, you either die or quit after 10 years. (laughs) But you can be on marijuana for 50 years. And the next thing you know, your mind is a weed garden, basically. So it's it's a bad drug, and I thought they should get that out there.
0: And her show, I hate pop.
2: Right. So they bit and um, he was scared and, and the family, um, my kids were, were okay with it. I mean, they would love to just see Nobody him
0: do was it. really okay with it. Well, they, no, but they
2: watched the, the show and then
0: everybody thought Ericson
2: And did. then um, and then, you know, he also realized, same with music videos, this gives him a fresh audience. Um, and then the amazing thing was when the producers came down to the hotel cafe, cause it was right near their office to talk to me. And Keaton was on stage and they're like, there's our music for the show. Uh-huh. And then came the big drama of them asking Keaton to show up and play. And Eric and Keaton hadn't seen each other for half of Keaton's life, 15 years. Um, cause of old drug behavior on Eric's part that made things crazy. And, um, and so I, thought, well, I started to make up an excuse why Keaton would have to come play on the show on a day that Eric wasn't there, but Eric was always there because he was in rehab. And then I thought, wait, these are a bunch of psychiatrists and therapists, and this is about you know a broken family and broken people. Maybe I'll tell them the truth. So I did, and they're like, <laughs> like oh, wow, Eric is now our favorite. Right before we came to talk to you, by the way, we were with, uh, with Dr. Drew doing cool. his show.
0: Soap Opera City, pal.
2: So anyway... I don't mean
0: Drew, I mean I mean the show. The
2: show. So then um, Keaton, um, you know, we asked Keaton if he was willing to do this and to meet with Drew and Eric. So, um, and that was not set up. And Keaton said, I love Dr. Drew. I'm sick of seeing Eric like at an airport and kind of being afraid to run into him or seeing him driving. This is a man I really loved, who I was really felt connected with. I have to get over this. It's now become, it's not a power position. I feel it's, it's, you know, toxic. Mm -hmm. And he said, as long as it's, there's not any weird setup and we just genuinely, and thus it happened. And, um, you know, we are so glad that he, that he did that. And that went against all conventional wisdom. Yeah, sure.
1: I mean is where I was hoping to go, Eliza. I just want to interject one thing, guys. What happened here was I remember I've only watched one season of that show. It happened to be that season. Oh, and I watched it. And Eric, I mean this too. I watched it because Eric Roberts is on here. And I, I remember thinking to myself, this isn't good for his brand. That's what I thought initially, watching you on the show, right? And I think the story here, everybody, is huge. There's so many lessons in today's show. But what this was for Eric, and I know it was at your encouragement too, Eliza, so I wanted everyone to hear this. This was Eric being really vulnerable, okay? Really, really vulnerable. And on the other side of your vulnerability are most of the great gifts you're gonna receive in your life. If you play everything in your life close to the vest, if you don't take risks, if you're not willing to be vulnerable with your emotions, And expose who you really are to Eric's point earlier in the interview, you're going to cheat yourself out of the greatest dreams and moments of your life. And ironically, this show during that time, that big risk, that vulnerability led to this reconciliation of sorts, right? And also kind of a, 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 the career was already going well, but almost an uptick or resurgence or new
0: marketability for Eric and his career, right? On the other side of this. totally,
2: it really did. Well, what was weird
0: about it is in the supermarket, all these kids are saying, there he is, mom. And I never got recognized by kids before. It kind of <laughs> it's a whole new demo. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, it was more than that even. It was th- that for sure. But, um, you know, we even, when when the agency was saying to us, Oh my God, no one will see him for or consider him for anything. Yeah, I'm a casting director. So I called my friends <laughs> and I didn't say it was Eric, I'm sure they knew, they saw right through it. I said, hey, if there was somebody, you know, pretty respected, you know, award nominee, lot of cred as an artist, and they went and did, did re- celebrity rehab, almost every single person, not only did they say, I'd still see them, they were like, they'd say, I'm sober, or my husband's sober, I'm in Al-Anon, they they said our doors will be double wide open. Yeah, There was no one who said it was a bad idea.
0: Yeah, and then
2: as you said, the industry was just like thank you.
0: Well, you discover when you expose yourself that a lot of addicts out there, a lot of functional addicts out there, yeah. and uh, and we're 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 not unusual. And uh, uh, I was I was glad to understand. What I had been doing wrong, because quite frankly, you make such excuses for yourself for so long that you don't understand what's wrong. Mm. You just don't get it. What's wrong? What could possibly be wrong? And I'm not hurting anybody. Yeah. But but you know, what a
1: remarkable conversation we're having, you guys. I I I think this lesson, everyone. I just want to un- apply this for everyone. And then I got one more huge question. I'm loving this. Just so you know, Yikes. the reason I'm loving it is I know certain shows I can. I know my audience and I know the impact this is having on them because it's a different conversation than we typically always have here, but it leads to the same point. A lot of you that are out there that are chasing a dream are going to have all the people in your circle who do love you, give you advice they should give you. Don't take that risk. Don't be vulnerable. Don't expose yourself. Don't share our secrets. Don't put your financial life on the line to go do this. And That's all really great advice, except you'll just never know what you were capable of. You'll never know what's on the other side of it. And people ask me, what should I do on my social media? Eric said, you know what you're going to find out when you let people know that you've got this issue of addiction? You're going to find there's a lot of other people. Well, guess what? Same with your other issues, guys. Same with your fears. Same with your dreams. Same with if you're not in a relationship and you wanting to find one. When you're willing to share that publicly through the social media things that we all have access to now, You're going to find out that your audience grows, that you don't lose people by being vulnerable and sharing your secrets and risks. People become connected with you. They root for you. They become fans of yours. These are lessons for entrepreneurs, social media, actors, entertainers, anybody trying to chase a best version of their life. So I love you guys. Like this could be like a 900 hour conversation, but what I'd like to have is the other thing I love about you is I think you're like an example of life. Like, it's not all beautiful and perfect. Let's just be real, guys. Most people, especially in your industry, it's mainly bullshit what they put out there, right? It's this perfect (laughs) image. We're a perfect couple. We never have any problems. Everybody's my best friend. You know, it's all giggles and bubble gum and rainbows. And yet what you've done, you know, I must say, is really made a dream come true. Eric, since you were a young... Boy, and Eliza, with your family background too. It's like you've both chased a dream and like caught it with all the ups and downs, the warts, the setbacks, the things we're ashamed of. You've made dreams come true. And I just think it's remarkable the way that you tell the story as well. But I'd like you to give advice, both of you. The last thing. If you're listening to this show or you're watching it, you got a dream. You want to make a dream come true. Maybe it's be an actor, an entertainer start a business, influence people, inspire them. People listen to the show, guys. They they want to do something for real with their lives. And the thing you did today is they think, well, because I've had this divorce or because I was a drug addict or I hurt this person or I had another failure, or I had a setback, that disqualifies me. My mess, this is what people think, my mess disqualifies me from making my dreams come true. And what your evidence of is your mess does not disqualify you. In fact, your mess qualifies you to make a dream come true. But I'm curious from both of you, what advice would you give to somebody at any age listening to this? Who says, I got a dream I want to chase. I don't want an average, ordinary life. I don't want a perfect life. I don't want it to all be smooth. But I do want at the end of my life to think, no pun intended, like I maxed out my life. I I chased my dream. What would your advice be, both of you, to those people? Any guidance, any advice, any thoughts?
0: I think if you're not afraid to fall down because you know you're going to get right back up, not a big deal. So to a fall down is not to falter. It's just to have to get back up. And it's not, it's not a thought process. It's just what happens. And uh, uh, that's why I've had many people say to me, even when I was a little boy, guy, you're so brave. And I realized I am but it's not being brave. Like I can do this. It's, 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 it's being, it's being not scared of falling down because I know how to get back up. It sounds so oversimplified, but it's so, and and when you add that to kindness, which I learned from my third parent and my lover, when you, when you learn kindness in that mix, It makes all bad days okay. Wow, that's beautiful. Do you really wanna try to beat that, Eliza? (laughs) No, well that's where I learned it, pal.
2: Yeah, but you said it in a really nice way. I'm not, I I, I don't wanna try to beat it, so I'll just join it. Um, I would say if you have a dream, uh, the first thing to do is assess your reasons. Because it's going to have your, your journey is going to have your signature all over it. So there are some dreams that we have definitely that the conclusion of them are to land instead of on our feet, on our butt, because that's our pattern. So you got to kind of look and, and be sure you're actually taking care of yourself. Um, You know, trying to get some of your stuff out of the way. And one way to do that is I really do recommend do it sober. Um, when in doubt, give like being there for other people, especially if it's a total stranger. Um, I, I have a very good friend. His 13 year old was going through a depression. They happened to be very financially successful. So, and it was coming on Christmas time. And I said, take him to Toys R Us. Remember Toys R Us when there used to be stores, um, and go on a shopping spree for other kids. Pick where you're going to take the stuff after and just let him fill basket after basket. And they do that every year now. And that lifted him. So it also helps us stay clean in a a way, Um, because when we, because that's such an instant and obvious result when you can help others, that it derails you from any compulsion that you might be doing that's self-destructive. Um, I also think that when it comes to those dreams, really, it's very hard to picture life being short until you're a lot older, but it is, and your dreams are, um, are absolutely, they're absolutely yours. If you, there's voices in your head shaming you for those dreams that are not your own voice, um, definitely eliminate those. And now you can do so much yourself. If you're an actor and you have a dream to do that, you literally create a profile on Actors Access, start submitting yourself, you know, go to your phone and your friends, make little movies, put them out there, promote them in all the fun ways you can. Just do it.
0: And what's great about the laptop these days is you don't have to send an audition to you're happy with it. Oh my God, you can look at it and decide at home. It's so cool, <laughs> the freedom we get now. It's so great.
2: But I, it's it definitely, there's... There's no question about pursuing dreams. There's never, there should be nothing that stops you.
1: This was so good. I had no idea where we were going today either because there's so much I could talk to you guys about. I just want to thank you. Like, I feel like I've made two really good new friends that I'm going to know for a while.
2: Yeah, I feel that way. Do you feel that way? I do. I kind of know why It felt that way immediately.
1: I did. Um, And I'm
2: so glad that we talked about real stuff because we're dying to do that. And, you know, the, to create a forum for that is so, uh, look at what, uh, is, it, is it Jada Pinkett who's doing Red Table Talks, whatever, we need this. We all, me and it can't be left just up to the women. That's, you know, you guys need to be part of this too. Yeah, you
0: know, this, this whole new thing, whole new thing, uh, this whole wave now of the women's movement is so cool because we have effed it up for a long time of being thoughtless, Pricks, excuse the pun. <laughs> yep,
2: <Yeah.
0: laughs> a pun. You're it's right. so great to have a woman's input in every level now, where they feel they have the right to have input. It's like, may I ask a question? No, I have something to say, and they, it's awesome, dude. It and is awesome because awesome. they were our mothers for 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 better and or worse. But you know, we admire women because that's their status as our mom. I mean, that's if. if everything's healthy that's the ultimate status and so and so to to like have them as our bosses again i'm all for it i'm all for it i'm so glad that we decided to do this together today what yeah a great
1: call. like this yeah. was remarkable i can't just so y'all know i know when we're doing one i know when like the feedback's going to explode and it's going to explode on today's show last thing just so i make sure they can find you i mean obviously you said earlier something about Eric's uh, website where you guys blog. Is that the primary place you'd have people go? Is it your YouTube channel, Eliza? Where would they he go?
2: Also ha- he, um, he has a YouTube channel. <clears throat> um mostly we most of the YouTube things are actually on Keaton's channel. So that's okay. Keaton Simon's.
1: We'll put it up on here. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, but he's um Eric's on Instagram, uh, so am I, and he we're both on Twitter. And he's also on Facebook, and his personal filled up, but he has a fan page that we really run. That's really us.
0: By the way, if you ever have an airline change or an airplane issue or anything, if you go on Twitter, they will fix it.
2: Yeah, everybody. That's actually true. (laughs) Twitter (laughs) and Instagram are the main are the main places.
1: We'll put them all in the show notes, and we'll put up on the screen. So. Eric and Eliza, thank you for today. It was a beautiful experience.
2: Thank you. We can't wait to continue communicating with you. We're
1: going to do that. I'm going to come see you guys when I get back to Southern Cal. And everybody in the audience, remember this. Speaking of Instagram, follow me there. Share the show with everybody. Best show in the world. Life-changing show. On Instagram, every day, I run the max out two-minute drill. I post at 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern AM. When I do that, you got two minutes. You make a comment. If your notifications are on, you're in a drawing every day. If you miss the first two minutes... Comment on every post I make five days a week and comment on other people's comments. Reply to them, increase your chance to win. Tickets to see me speak, get my book, max out gear, fly on the jet with me, all kinds of cool stuff. Sometimes I'm you- I'm
0: flying on the jet.
1: <laughs> we told you. I'm taking you, Eric, you guys are gonna come with me from Southern Cal up to Coeur d'Alene and you're gonna come up and see this beautiful place like we talked about, so I'm looking forward.
2: Love it, right. I'm, I'm there.
1: All right, God bless everybody, max out.
0: This is The Ed Miland
2: Show.